0: Well, good morning. I'm super excited to be joining you in this medium, a little bit different than normal. I've been, felt so welcomed here. It's just been amazing um, overall, and I only had the chance to meet some of you briefly before we all stopped meeting together, but we're believing that that's going to break open again soon, and we'll be able to meet again and get to know each other more. Um I think I had well no, I definitely had in my mind what I was gonna be speaking on today and what that was gonna look like, like that usually goes. And I think it's gonna be a journey just like everything else. Um And so I'll try to remember to look at you too. I gotta look up there, right? <laughs> okay. I was just thinking about worship and um, the last song that we did actually is going to come around again I think later on because it's very connected to, there's just such an invitation in that song. I don't know if you were joining us for the worship but there's such an invitation and worthy of every song that we could ever sing. it hit me in a new way this morning, because it just hit me thinking about worship as an invitation. Um, you know, it's always an invitation to something more. Um, this morning, I, I felt like I had an a invitation, even just again, to Trescott a little bit more and just to step into something. So I um, I had to ask the guys in the back, I I believe your name is Chris. I don't know if you're watching today, but um, Chris and Melinda Parency. I don't know if I'm saying that right. Um, yeah, forgive me if I just butchered your name, but I, I saw you on the drive here. Um, just you're, just I've met you once, I think, before we all closed down, and I just felt that, um, Chris, I saw you, if you're watching, um, or maybe later on too, but I don't know if there's something that you're um, just been praying for or working through, but I saw you just sort of making coffee. I don't know if you drink coffee. I saw you making coffee or making tea, um, and just having this joy like overflow. I just saw you just kind of start, begin to laugh, and um, as I was driving here, I just felt like the Lord put you on my heart to just pray into whatever that is. I don't have a whole lot of revelation on what that is. I'm just believing that you will, and um, that just your heart would be open today. I think um, I did have just the concept of breakthrough, and I had a concept of joy coming to you in some way, and so I just bless that, whatever that is, for you. Um, I just wanted to release that. I definitely had moments of being like, I don't even know who this person is, but I believe that God, I believe that God does. And it was another invitation just to jump in, but he's thinking of you today. He's thinking of all of you today. He's thinking of all of us today. And he's just inviting us into um, whatever it is he's inviting you into. And I just bless that. Um, So I'm going to talk about invitations today um i'm not texting i actually have something on here (laughs) um i have been well i guess i've been leading worship for maybe 10 years i guess i i remember i was 20 something and I was just, I thought I was just joining the worship team at a little, tiny little full gospel church in Swift Current, Saskatchewan, which is where I lived. I was born here and I lived here and graduated and ended up in Saskatchewan for quite a lot of years. And I was in Saskatchewan um, and there was this little full gospel church I was joining and I thought I was just showing up to be part play piano. They had a big grand piano, so that was kind of fun. Um, Fun for me, not fun for sound people, but it was fun. Um, and I had been going a couple times, and then all of a sudden, the main worship leader um, just couldn't get there one Sunday morning, and um, everyone was like, well, you're up, kid, because you're the only other one that sings here, (laughs) so I... That's how I was first thrown into worship leading, um, even in a more Pentecostal setting, and that has been the pattern ever since, pretty much. Um, Getting thrown into things, um, mostly maybe because my personality would be a little bit, I tend to just stay back and stay back and stay back, and then God's just like, no, let's do it. (laughs) So I've led in different, um, and just been a part of some really amazing teams and conferences and all kinds of camps and different things, probably about 10 years now. But it makes you, you, you ponder what this, what is this thing we do? You know, what, what is worship? What, what are we doing? Um, and just in different settings, it means different things and I've encountered different things. But I thought I was gonna talk to you more about, yeah, what is worship in connection to music and into what we do here? But Father just seems to be leading in a different direction, so we'll just go with that. I'm sure it's going to end up a lot better. Um, in 2006, I was in a really dark situation, actually, just, just previous to the story I just told you, actually, that I um, had been battling some things. I was in a... Um, not a very healthy situation, not a very healthy relationship, and really just a whole lot of things came to a head in my early 20s. And I was reading this book called You, you Are a Masterpiece, and it was by Charles Stanley, actually. Um, and it was like the first time I grew up in church. I grew up as a Christian kid, but it was the first time I heard anybody tell me that, and he was speaking from Ephesians 3, or 2, 10, actually, I should have looked that up, but the verse that says, you are God's um, work of art, or you are God's, you are God's masterpiece. And something came into my heart, I know now, as Holy Spirit came into my heart and just said, um, man, like, I was made for something. It was like a totally new thought for me. I had really, um, more than a few occasions in my life, that wasn't really a concept for me i was just kind of um, lost within myself or lost in within other relationships or whatever was going on And, and so this concept came into my heart one day and i just prayed this crazy dangerous prayer that um man god like this is waking up in me um i want your best in every area of life and then about a month later, um, everything fell apart. <laughs> everything fell apart. Um, I got really sick. I had anxiety attacks, um, which was new for me. My body was just breaking down from a lot of years of holding things in and not working on anything. And um, So I had anxiety panic attacks that started to take over my life in a very real way. I wasn't eating. I wasn't t- sleeping. Um, It led to uh, a whole bunch of really good things that led to counseling, but which led to me eventually getting out of this other situation and and a bunch of amazing things. But it was this moment in my walk with him that he invited me to something that I had never had a grid for before. And all it was was as simple as, like, you were made for something. you matter, I guess, ultimately. You're his masterpiece or his work of art. And for me, that led to an invitation that I um, was forced into because I was so sick, I was you know, terrified and most nights and I just needed to find something. And I remember that um, the only thing that would give me any kind of peace was to go and just sit in a church uh, when the worship music was on, or to listen to preaching of some kind. It was weird. Um, I had, you know, preaching tapes, you know. I think we were still on, no, we were past CDs at that point, <laughs> I think, but like stuff playing all the time, just because that's the only way I could sit down and rest and sleep a little bit. Um, what I didn't really know then was that it was about to be an invitation that would lead me into um, a lot of years of coming to know just who I am and who he is. Not that that's perfected in any way now, but just beginning the journey. Um, It was an encounter with him that began to change things. And I want to invite you to just take a look at a story with me. It's Exodus 3, 1 to 5. So if you have a Bible, you can turn there. I am going to try and... Oh, it's up there. You stole my thunder. Okay, it's up there. It's already there. Okay, so if you don't have a Bible, you can just read along with us. Exodus 3, 1 to 5. One day, Moses was tending the flock of his father-in-law, Jethro, the priest of Midian. He led the flock far into the wilderness and came to Sinai, the mountain of God. There the angel of the Lord appeared to him in a blazing fire from the middle of a bush. Moses stared in amazement. Oh, do I do it this way? This way. Help, help, Michael. Thank you. This is amazing, Moses said to himself. Why isn't that bush burning up? I must go see it. So this is probably a fairly familiar story to you. Um, there's this moment. God doesn't, or Moses doesn't even know God at this point. Yet he's, he hasn't experienced an encounter like this before. He's, he's um, just hanging out, leading up a herd of sheep, I think it was. And all of a sudden, there's this burning bush. And there's this moment where he sees the burning bush, And he doesn't really know what to do with it. But he just stops on his journey. And he just takes a minute to take a look. And so then what comes into his heart is just this, this is amazing. Why isn't this bush burning up? I'm going to go take a closer look. You know, I think the thing we have to realize, especially if we've been in church a really long time, is that we don't have to worship. Like, we don't have to come to church on Sundays. We don't have to read your word. We we don't have to do any of it. We don't have to wake up in the morning and spend time and time with God, whatever that looks like. It could be making coffee with him. It could be walking. But we don't have to do any of that. In one way, that's an incredibly freeing and good place to start again. <laughs> you don't have to. You never had to um, connect with him. But if we can get to the place where we can recognize that it's simply a burning bush... And an invitation to more with Him every single time. Um, that's what it's all about, <laughs> I guess. That's what it can be for us. You know, I've spent enough years um, reading my Bible, a lot of duty. And then sometimes reading my Bible more because it was just kind of fun to you. And there's a huge difference between the two. There's a huge difference between um, doing doing worship (laughs) because I have to, whatever doing worship is. You know, what I'm really finding kind of cool about this personally for myself is that the passages and stuff that father is leading me to look at in preparation for this have nothing to do with music. Um, actually oh, most of the passages that have to do with worship in the Bible don't have anything to do directly with music which is interesting. Um, it's an interesting you know as someone who, who's in this realm to kind of become aware of that I was I did a study one year and um, because worship isn't music, and music isn't worship. Um, and I know that i kind of confuse on that sometimes, like it, it's very closely related. I mean uh, that the worship in our services, right? The worship in our services is always, oh, the music part, you know, the music part. And that's it's not wrong, it's not I'm not saying it's wrong, I'm just saying that worship comes before music. And music is a powerful conduit of it, just like many other things are. But it's not the worship itself. And there's been moments, there's been many moments I think I've been more distracted and you know, it's not really worship, you know, sometimes when I'm I'm doing the role of worship leader even if I can be that honest with you. My mind is somewhere else. And then there's other moments where it's really, really powerful and it's really deep. You know, what what our teams just led us into, especially that last song there too, just, it's totally, it does accompany worship, but it's not worship itself. It's just a really, and we'll talk a little bit more about that later, it can be a really powerful conduit of it. So here's Moses, he sees this bush burning and it's, it's not burning up. And something comes into his heart and he's like, I must go see it. I don't have to. Isn't it interesting to think that um, the exodus hinged on this moment of Moses turning aside to see this invitation. I think that's pretty powerful in the fact that you never know what that invitation is going to be like. Like maybe you just think that he's, um, God's just stirring your heart a little bit to sit down with them and have a tea and, and read a little bit. You have no idea how big that invitation could be. It's going to be valuable, whatever it is. But I, I, was, I was struck by this this morning. I was thinking, you know, those invitations to speak something to someone, you have no idea what that, how big that invitation actually is. Moses just turned aside to see a burning bush. And then God spoke to him from that bush, and then everything changed, didn't it? We'll keep reading in a minute. It's crazy to me. You see, in that moment, there was something happening in his heart. He took, Moses took a closer look. He decided, for whatever reason, to kind of stop and to come over and take a closer look. A life of worship is continually wanting to be drawn into, well, drawn into a response of something I believe God is already doing for each and every one of us, drawing us into more of him. Um, But it's wanting to be drawn into that. It's um, a growing sense of value for the invitation that he has for us. A growing sense of um, honor for just what it could be. You don't have to. You don't have to turn aside. You don't have to read. You don't have to say anything. You don't have to go for a walk with him. But what if you did? What if you did? What could it mean? It's to take a closer look. If we decide to turn aside to whatever it is he's drawing us from, um, he'll speak to us from that place. And sometimes that can be your pain You know, all worship is 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 an honor of something, someone. It's a value. It's just saying, whatever you think, whatever you feel, whatever you desire, I just value it. I value it enough to just look at you to value you, to value your desires and your thoughts. That's, you know, if we can move away from the duty and the role of, of worship, we can get to that place where we can value, what's his heart? What's God's heart in this? What's his thoughts in this? What does he really feel? What does he feel about me? What does he feel about this person, right? Those are the invitations to come closer. And sometimes it's in our pain that he's drawing us closer and it's, it's valuing him enough. Well, I think it's receiving his value first and then responding to that value that he calls us to lead us through it, to lead us through whatever's happening all around So he invites Moses to take a closer look. And maybe he's inviting you today. I know he's inviting me in some areas. But when Moses does take that closer look, it leads to an interaction and an encounter. So I don't think I have this on right. Can you turn it to the next slide? You gave me very good instructions. Oh, did I do that? (laughs) No. I know. Oh, no. It's surely not. Okay. So, interaction and encounter. Oh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe you guys have heard this, but um, A.W. Tozer has a great quote God waits to be wanted. I don't see that as like God's sitting there with his his you know arms crossed, waiting for someone to actually want him. He's not narcissistic. He's not um, self-absorbed that um, if you don't, he's just gonna run away <laughs> and never try again. He, but I love the concept of this because he waits till he he's wanted. He doesn't force his way in. And with Moses, he waited till Moses decided to turn aside before he called to him. He says, um, when the Lord saw Moses come to take a closer look, God called to him from the middle of the bush, Moses, Moses. Here I am, Moses replied. I, I like this because he's talking about... Um, when the Lord saw Moses coming to take a closer look, this whole thing is interaction. It's response. We respond to him; he responds back to us. It's this. It's meant to be this open interaction back and forth. That's why. Um, that's what duty threatens to rob from it. Is the interaction that he wants to have. I feel like him waiting to be wanted is him honoring us in so many ways because he's like, I'm not gonna just make you do anything. I'm not gonna make you spend hours with me. I'm not gonna make anything happen. But if you want to, (laughs) then I will totally be up for an encounter. The issue we sometimes still have is that we really are not sure that he wants to interact with us on that level. Um, I, can, I can feel it at times, sometimes in this role, um, as well as just my own worship. He's, he keeps um, leading me into deeper levels. In the next, um, I don't think I wrote this down. If we keep reading um, in Exodus 3, we'll just read verse 5 and 6 real quick. So Moses says, here I am, he's coming over. And then in verse 5, God says, do not come any closer, the Lord warned. Take off your sandals, for you are standing on holy ground. I am the God of your father, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob. And when Moses heard this, he covered his face because he was afraid to look at God. So here's this moment where um, Moses is in this day, where, and Jesse's been talking about uh, covering these the covenants and the difference between our day and his day. And Moses is still in a day where there's nothing, there's no covenant um, enacted that would give him free reign to just come into the presence of the Lord. So he gets this stern warning not stern warning but just a reality I guess. A reality check of um, don't come any closer. And when Moses experiences that he feels afraid and he hides. And I feel like um, we're still sometimes caught between that. We're still living like we're in that day where we're not too sure we can come that close. We know we can come to church and blend in with everybody. (laughs) Probably be okay in that zone. Um, But yeah, can we really come in that close to him? I know you've heard you can probably if you've been in church for a while But I also know from my own experience, it takes a lot of time to hear it on the inside. Um, So we are gonna read Hebrews 10, 8 to 10. First Christ said, you did not want animal sacrifices, or sin offerings, or burnt offerings, or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them, though they were required by the law of Moses. So this, if you get a chance, just read Hebrews 10. Um, there, I couldn't put it all up here, otherwise I would have been, we would have been here all day. But read Hebrews chapter 10, because there's a lot that happens before this, obviously. And But it's one of those passages where they're making, you know, this huge comparison to um, that's really helpful for us in this day. And yet, yeah, Jesse's taken a look at that really deep in the last few weeks. Um, but first, then he said, look, I have come to do your will. Do you know what I noticed about reading this this week? You did not want animal sacrifices or sin offerings or burnt offerings or other offerings for sin, nor were you pleased with them. That's such a clear um, statement that even that old system that was enacted was not the ultimate heart of God. Uh, Is it Hosea 6.6? that says, I desire um, steadfast love and not sacrifices. I want you to know me overburnt offerings. I ad lip that last part but it's the same thing and it says Jesus said look I have come to do your will. This has always been the heart of the father. He cancels the first covenant in order to put the second into effect for God's will was for us to be made holy by the sacrifice of the body of Jesus Christ once for all time. I love that because it's such a clear revelation of his ultimate heart. So yeah, we know that. We've heard it, right? But we still often act like we haven't heard it because there's a revelation portion of it. And I'm just praying that, you know, I know that he's working in your life. And so even through this or through reading chapter 10's more, or whatever way he's going to, for me it's just been various encounters through the years um, that he's drawn me closer to understand I'm actually welcome right here, right in the middle of your presence, right close to you. You see, he's going to bring invitations into your life. And the difference is, because of Christ, because of his heart, because of his will, you're not going to have to stay away. Eden has come real close. He wants you to come real close, really close. It's about trusting him that he's actually done it and he actually wants that that he actually wants that, that he wants you to sing to him from a place that knows him. This is cool. I was doing something, reading something years ago, not too long ago actually, two years ago maybe. If that isn't enough for you, check this out. I don't think I made a slide, but at 1 Corinthians three sixteen. Um, Maybe you've heard this verse before. It says, do you not know that you are God's temple and that God's spirit dwells in you? You know that one? I was looking up what the word temple means in there. And it's the word nahas, which is the same word that's used for the inner place of the temple or a shrine. It's the holy of holies. Okay, so think about that for a second. What he's saying is, don't you know that you are God's holy of holies? Do you remember, uh, I think just a few weeks back, Jesse covered it, the holy of holies is like the innermost Place where the immediate um, unhindered presence of God was, and there was only a high priest that could go in there once a year, and make it. And no one else. I mean, the people were quite a ways out, and then depending on other things, you were farther and farther out, away from that presence. And this verse is saying, it's not you know, it's so much deeper. It's this verse is saying, don't you know that you are the very holy of holies of God on the inside now. Isn't that crazy? You are a cleansed place when when you've received the ultimate will of your Father for you to be this dwelling place. When you've received the way that he made to be that, there's nothing in the way. There's no regulations, there's nothing. In the way. That's the reality. It takes a while, it takes a while sometimes to get that worked through everything else. But that's the truth. You are the innermost place. You're not even like the outer court. You're like the innermost place. Dwelling place of God. And that was always his heart. Always. So what do we do with that? Like, how do we respond to that? You don't have to go very far to meet with MD. If you're the holy of holies of God, we don't have to go far. You know, church is actually just the meeting of a bunch of holy of holies. (laughs) Isn't it really, though? It's a bunch of holy of holies. That's fascinating in itself. So what does that mean for us? You know, we're not physically gathering at this time. But you, right where you are right now, are just as close to His presence as you would be if you were here or I was here, because it's not here in this building. It's right here in you, and in me. And he set it up that way. So I think that means a lot right now in these times. Because whatever it looks like this afternoon or whatever it looks like in your days, you can't meet here, and there's definitely some aspects of that that we're all missing. We want to see each other again. We want to hang out. We want to sing together and there's something different that happens when we're all together. Absolutely. But I find it incredibly encouraging that no matter where you are, you are the Holy of Holies. (laughs) You're that innermost dwelling place and he wants to dwell with you today. Right now. The old system had regulations. It was incomplete. And now we have Jesus (laughs) who completed it and continues to complete it inside of each one of us. So what does that mean, I guess? I think he's about to teach us more and more about um, what worship really is um, going forward. But it should... uh, I think a bunch of Holy of Holies meeting together with a father who just wants to be here and wants to be with us, should feel like a really good date. (laughs) You know? It should feel like a dance and an interaction, because that's what it's really meant to be. We sing, he sings. He sings back, he speaks, we move with that. I feel like that would be, that's a lot of fun when that starts happening. (laughs) That's a lot of fun. It's a beautiful interaction that he wants. Music does play a huge role in that. I believe music's main role is that it opens the heart. I believe that's why it's accompanied it so many times. It opens your heart, which is opening up and connecting us to that holy of holies. On the inside you know it moves us on that emotional level and that's actually okay I know that there's been lots of debates on that but I it's actually okay I believe God made it work that way (laughs) he made it work that way because it's the thing that just opens us up but if there is no music or you can't play an instrument (laughs) or whatever you're not hindered in some way. You're not, you know, only open to a lesser level of worship. Everybody can sing, even if you don't think you can sing. Everybody can sing. There's different roles, maybe. That's that's how choir directors. There's different roles, honey. <laughs> that's how they deal with that. Everyone has different roles. I got told that when I tried acting one time. I learned. You can be a sheep in the back. I've been a sheep and I've been a tree. I think that says something about my acting ability. Anyway. God is good and he wants a life with you and me. That's interactive. That's... An invitation and if you can um, connect with that I, I still have to connect with that every time this is an invitation that's wide open there's nothing that needs to be cleared you are welcome in my presence you are welcome with me and every time it's like I might have my list prepared but like what is the invitation today that goes way beyond that And that's in this role, but even just going for a walk outside and and even in the snow or going, hanging out with your family or, or washing dishes, whatever it is, it's all an invitation to something deeper. And you have no idea how big that invitation could be. For Moses, it was a burning bush that led to a life calling. For me, it was an awakening, but it could just be a simple, hey, I actually, truly love you today, and that your heart needs to hear. We need to hear that like every day.